Welcome to the Big Heart Business Show. My name is Carrie Shepard, business strategist, philanthropist, and believer. I'm on a mission to help entrepreneurs be more, do more, and give more beyond their business, and to do it with more heart and less hustle. Each week on the show, I'll be here with a message or interview from a powerhouse entrepreneur that has built their business by giving back. Together, we will inspire you, fuel you, and get you going with simple action steps and strategies to grow your purpose-driven business. Our philosophy here is that we can change the world one big heart business at a time. Let's get started. This is episode number five of the Big Heart Business Show. Today, I have the pleasure of talking with Lacey Craig. Lacey Craig is a business mentor and success coach for high-performing women entrepreneurs. She has her MS in mental health counseling and her MBA. She's been a therapist and the director of a $45 million per year nonprofit and is the proud owner of two online businesses. It's her mission to help other women build and grow their own service-based business that truly lights them up and gives them personal and financial freedom and impact. Hi, Lacey. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. I love your background. I love the combination of the mental health counseling and the MBA and obviously the experience with a nonprofit because that is such a perfect fit for this show. So yeah. I'm super excited to have this conversation. Good, good, me too. So I'd love for you to kind of share a little bit with our audience about the, you know, the back behind the scenes of the story to where you got from here. How did you go from mental health counseling to nonprofit to service-based business? What did that journey look like for you? Yeah, it was a long and windy road, but I'll try to give you the short version. So Great. <laughs> I was a therapist for about a year, and the clients that I worked with were all court-ordered to six patients uh, or six months of inpatient rehab and they all had dual diagnoses so substance abuse as well as something else and so I was burned out really fast to be totally honest like uh, I kind of jumped into the deep end of the pool as <laughs> as it relates to therapy if you will like inpatient um you know dual diagnoses support and I just burned out really quick and just realized like oh like this is definitely not uh what I want to be doing forever and also I kind of really hadn't identified how empathic and sensitive I was at the time. And I just was like taking home a lot of stuff. Like I would drive home crying a lot of times and just was like, no. So I transitioned into nonprofit and like rose up within that world quite quickly. And um, that was great because I still could like use some therapy skills, but I wasn't like one-on-one -on -one with, um, you know, clients all day, every day. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And what I really loved when I was in the nonprofit was a lot of the, strategic planning we were doing and stuff like that. And so that's kind of what spurred me to go back and get my MBA is a lot of people in the nonprofit world have like both um, social work degrees, therapy degrees. And I was like, we need more like business mm, <laughs> knowledge in so this smart. space. So that's why I went back and got my degree. Um, and then I just kind of got really unhappy there too. Like I just wasn't feeling the fulfillment I was looking for. I felt like we were, um, kind of almost start helping people stay stuck and not creating programs that help them get out of stuckness mm. um, and just feeling unfulfilled for a while. And then kind of this big blow up happened. I had a pretty big ethical disagreement with the chair of our board of directors and I just quit one day. <laughs> wow. Quit without like, a plan. Yeah. Like driving home and having to call my husband and be like, 
so I quit. <laughs> oh my goodness. You really <laughs> left without a net, huh? Totally. I was just wow. like, I'm out. Um, awesome. and started, <laughs> I love started my other business, worked in that for a while, then started this business and have kind of never looked back. <laughs> That's amazing. And what was the first business that you started? Yeah, it was not related at all. It was vintage new and used clothing resale. So it was like online, um, sales and I really loved that and it was fun, but I kind of got to a point where I either needed to scale it or I needed to be like, okay, but like, what am I really doing with my life? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's where coaching came in because it kind of is like the best of all of the things I love, like clients that aren't going to suck the life out of you that are like really enjoyable to work with. You know, I get to bring some of my therapy skills. I definitely get to bring my business skills. It's just like the marriage of everything I love. That's awesome. And how did you make that transition from your first business into coaching? Yeah, that was like a a kind of a rough (laughs) point for me because, you know, as we all know, like when we're, you know, solo or almost solo entrepreneurs running our own businesses, like time is money. So like Mm -hmm. it was a really hard decision like to give up a lot of money in the other business for a certain period of time, like as I transitioned into coaching, but I was just so clear, like, this is my jam. Like, this is my thing. And so kind of left there a little bit too, but I've been lucky enough to um, keep that business and bring other support and family members in to help run it. But it wasn't like that at the time. Like I was definitely like burning both ends of the candle, but it was really clear to me that like coaching was the fit. That's good. That's good. Well, and I think you make a good point and I'd love for you to speak a little bit to that because I think again, you know, it's like looking at it from this point of view where you've got two businesses up and running and it looks great, but really kind of looking at how you had to make some sacrifices in order to really, what sounds like um, find and fulfill your mission and what brings all those gifts together. So can you speak a little bit about what that looked like and, maybe even give some advice to our audience if they're thinking about either making that transition or leap from maybe like a nine to five or a corporate job, or even thinking about the sacrifices we have to make with investing in our business and, and, you know, some of those pieces. Totally. So I'm really lucky because my mom's whole side of the family were entrepreneurs. So I had like a lot of entrepreneurial influences growing up, but like they built businesses at a totally different day and age. So like what I saw my grandfather do, he built quite a few businesses was go to the bank, take out a loan and hustle his butt off to pay back the bank and like actually make money off that. And so for me, um, I was very lucky that I realized early on that like entrepreneurship equaled short-term sacrifice for long-term results. And I think that the problem, not problem, but the new challenge that we have is that entry barriers are so low now that we are in this space, in this online world that, and, and marketing has changed, right? So marketing is like 30K in three days or whatever the thing is. So, you know, of the moment. So what we're kind of missing is that like every entrepreneur that most of us respect or that has made it in a really big way, like, followed that path of like short-term sacrifice, long-term results. And so when we kind of give ourselves permission that like there's not something wrong with us or not doing it wrong or like giving up the money is not wrong, um, it just really reframes and kind of like gives you permission. And that's what I had to do for myself is like, do I want the short-term win or do I want the long-term win? And it was just super clear. So it wasn't easy. Mm-hmm. But it was clear, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's such a good point to really think about um, what a traditional business goes through. And I share this quite often is 
previously or prior to starting my online business, I owned retail stores. And, you know, we had 12 retail retail stores when we sold them. And to get one store up and running, it was a minimum of $150,000. And so when somebody looks at spending five or 5,000 or a couple thousand on coaching or investing in programs or products, and they think it's quote unquote too expensive, it kind of blows my mind because it's like you, yes, it's low barrier of entry, but it doesn't mean it's zero. And <laughs> it's just kind of shocking to me. And I know that's a conversation probably we could spend a whole hour talking about, but it's like, it is that mindset of, you know, what are you going to do and what are you going to have to invest both time, energy, and money to create a business. So I love that you talk about that. Totally. And I'll just add to that. Cause I, I totally agree with you. Like I'm so into that is like, I think there's like a way where people are trying to like get their business to prove it to them, mm-hmm. like prove it to me, then I'll invest or like prove to me, it, you know, this is going to work and then I'll show up. And it's like, if you show up, if you invest, if you're all in, it's going to work. Yeah. It's, like, it's on you. Right. Yeah. And that's the beauty and the curse of entrepreneurship. <laughs> yeah. And I just want to touch on this a little bit because I know um, you have a program that you call um, value-based sales, right? Yeah, value, value center, center, value yeah, center. Yeah. Pardon me. And um, I really love that because I come from a sales background as well, and it was really shocking to me to kind of see the entrepreneurial, especially in the women, you know, not not wanting to have these sales conversations and, and feeling like they're going to be too pushy or or salesy. And I just feel like that kind of transitions in really well with this conversation of what what are your thoughts about that, and and maybe give us a kind of an insight of what you teach with the value center sales. Totally, I love that. I think that you know a lot of people are getting into these businesses, service-based businesses, um, because it's a passion, because it's something they love, right? So they're not necessarily in our position where we like had a business background and so we can lead with business. But I think that it feels weird sometimes to sell the thing that you feel like you're kind of put on this earth to do. <laughs> right? Yeah, um, totally. And so I think that's maybe like where a lot of the um, weirdness is coming in. Also, I think a lot of the sales techniques that we're being taught in this industry do not fit service-based coaching businesses. Like, they're, like, the sales tactics I would use to, like, sell a fax machine, (laughs) not, like, a long-term relationship where we're, like, diving into your deepest, darkest fears, right? Mm -hmm. So value-centered sales is really about how do we both stay in our power during a sales process? So how does the salesperson and the potential client really stay powerful and empowered during a sales process and how do we do it in a way that like actually supports and feels good to both of us not where I'm taking your power and telling you I have all the answers or we're like I'm giving you all my power and going whatever your story is about money must be true whatever your story is about not wanting to invest might be true like we both get to be powerful humans in the conversation I think that's when everything changes Mm, I love that so much yeah and I think that like you said it comes down to, I think, a mindset shift, right, about what is the purpose of sales. And I always say, you know, sales is all about serving. You know, Mm -hmm. you're finding out if you can be in service to somebody else. And I think when you step into it in that way or giving value, like the way you say it, um, that really makes a big difference. So when you look at kind of your transition into, I mean, just even from the nonprofit to the first business to the second business, what are the things or what are some of the secrets, if you will, that you feel like has brought you to the success that you have right now? Yeah, I love that. I think I'll go like practical and mindset. We'll throw a little of both. Awesome. In. <laughs> love it. Love it. Keep it keep it balanced. Yeah. So practically, I would say consistency. Like, I, I mean, I think it's just the thing nobody wants to hear. 
And the thing that gets overlooked a lot, but like if you show up for your business every day, your business will grow every day. You might not, you might not see that growth every single day, but it will be incremental and it, that momentum that you create will, will be unstoppable. If, um, you're doing that prove it to me thing where you show up in your business for 10 days and then it kind of didn't prove it to you. So you fall off for five and then show back up for 10. Like that damages your audience, your momentum, so many things. So like, I really feel like if consistency was the only practical tool you were implementing and just showing up in your business and engaging in it every day, like you would see the biggest shifts, right? Mm, I love that. Yeah, for sure. Um, and both of my businesses, that's exactly what I did. Like I was just there and doing them and moving the needle forward every day. And so they've moved forward, you know, Mm -hmm. and then from like a mindset point of view, I would say, um, trust your intuition. Like what I've noticed in my business is that my intuition has never led me wrong. Other people definitely have, (laughs) you know, that's a tweetable. (laughs) Yeah, tweetable. Um, But yeah, like it's just so um, cliche and it's also just so important. Like if you listen to yourself, if you follow that inspired action, that gut instinct, like it's really hard to to do business wrong. Yeah, and that's a good point too because you can come into this online space and there's so many different messages. You should do this or you should do that. And, you know, I think about like even creating this podcast. I wanted to create a podcast from like day one. But I just knew you can't do everything, you know, and it's like you all the shoulds of business. So that's a great thing. Trust your instinct. Mm-hmm. And I want to just kind of touch on the consistency piece, because I I mean, that's the thing I truly stand behind as well, is that, you know, the consistent action is going to move you forward. And so what are some of the pieces that you do either on a daily or weekly basis that help you stay in that consistency and showing up? Yeah, I love that question. So for me, um, putting out content daily is really important. Um, I feel like spreading your message every day is just a non-negotiable, right? If you really Mm -hmm. think this is the work you're meant to do, this is the business you have, this is what you're put on this earth to do, like show up for that. Like it's true, right? (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. And then I would say like engaging and building relationships from that content and in other ways is also like an absolute non-negotiable every day for me. Like I have totally built my business on relationships. And so, um, that focus has to be like part of my everyday. If that's just commenting on posts in my Facebook group or messaging someone or, um, you know, having a connection call or whatever, it's just like, how am I like, you know, being a caring person and building the relationship first? Cause that has really grown my business. And then I would say, um, probably the last thing is like actually sell, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. maybe not every single day, although that probably wouldn't be a bad idea, but like at least a couple times a week, like, um, are you just showing up and like telling people that you have something to offer? So it doesn't have to be like in your face, I'm selling, 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 but like, do people know that they can buy something from you a couple times a week? Like, it's, you know, is that happening? Mm-hmm. Well, and I think the way that you started what your consistency is, is about giving, you know, value and sharing content and totally. showing people what your expertise is before you ask for a sale. So you're doing it in the right order and marrying that with building a relationship and a connection with somebody. I feel like those are three amazing kind of reminders of what we need to really be focused on every day, like you said. Mm-hmm. So that's great. Yeah, and they kind of walk you through like you'd walk through a relationship, right? Like, 
I want to date you a little bit and see what you're like. And then maybe I want to be exclusive and then maybe I want to get engaged and like, you know, whatever. But like, that's sort of the process, you know, is like, I'm interested, I'm engaging, I'm buying, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think sometimes when we forget that and jump too, you know, too quickly to the sale and then people wonder, well, why didn't my program sell or why didn't my product sell? And it's like, you didn't warm anybody up. You know, they yeah. want, you want to like get people hungry and interested and yeah. And then you, like you, you proposed on the first date. Yeah. yeah you can't do that. <laughs> that doesn't work. <laughs> um, well, cool. Well, so those are some of the things kind of what to do when you look at maybe either in your own life or in clients kind of perspective, what do you feel like are some of the things that are holding really smart women back from really having the success that they desire? I love this question. I think, um, can I say two? <laughs> you absolutely can. Say two. <laughs> okay. I you think the it. first one is um, this whole idea that's sort of like been a theme here, which is funny and I love it, is like asking your business to prove it to you and not being all in, I think is a huge piece because entry barriers are low in this industry. Like we were saying, there's a way where it's like, well, I'll see if this works and I'll put one foot in. And if it doesn't, then I'm protected and I'll go do this other thing. And I feel like entrepreneurship always has been and always will be like that thing that you need to like give your heart to. And so if you have one foot in, you're going to get results that are equivalent of having one foot in. Like I know um, when I started this business, I remember saying to some people in my life, like, I know I'm going to be successful. I don't know when, but I know It's not a matter of if, it's definitely a matter of when. Mm -hmm. And it happened for me very quickly. And I know it was just because I had that mindset, right? It wasn't because I like did some special thing where I like tapped my head and rubbed my belly and said a, you know, thing every night. It was like, because I just like really believed that this was the thing. And I think a lot of people maybe believe that deep down, but they're not just like letting themselves live into it. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I think the second thing is that, um, As women, I think that especially like in this industry, when we're service based, when we're like very caring, we tend to like caretake the whole process and everyone around us. So I see that in value centered sales a lot is like or even just in not showing up and selling is like I don't want to impose on anyone. I don't want to make them feel a certain way. I know she said she is stressed about money, so I don't want to ask. If she wants to sign up for my program, like we caretake to such an extent Mm -hmm. that we've made decisions for everyone in our community, all of our warm leads, whatever, about what might or might not be right for them. And I think as women, we need to stand in our power, but we need to hold our audience in theirs, too. And I think that really shifts a lot of things. Those are great. Yeah, that's that's such a great perspective. And, you know, I love the, you know, being all in and that vision that you will be successful, but it doesn't have to be tomorrow. You know, that's the whole thing, like you said, you know, making $30,000 in three days. And I think when we start to compare ourselves to other people that you know, are, are using that in their marketing, it's not right or wrong. It's the way they're doing it. But um, that can kind of get us into that comparison itis. So I think that's you know, that kind of relates to that as well. So thank you. Yeah, totally. Like have your own journey, like know you're going to be successful, but like it gets to look your way. Right. Yeah, exactly. Cause I mean, you know, a lot of women are maybe in corporate jobs still, or they have another business. I mean, similar to yourself where you were, you know, really getting two businesses up and running or they have kids that's part of their mission and purpose. So, you know, it can look with whatever way it's supposed to look for you. So, 
So your business is called A Lit Up Life. I would love for you to share with our audience, what does A Lit Up Life mean to you and how does that affect the work that you do with your clients and your community? Yeah, so um, when I was in the nonprofit, um, I got a lot of, you know, feedback at that time and like obviously well-meaning feedback um, that was like, oh my God, you have your dream job so young, you're so lucky, you're so lucky, you're so lucky. And I remember driving to work every day and I would just be like, holy crap, is this what that's supposed to feel like? Mm. <laughs> like, oh my God, this is not what fulfillment is feeling like. I Most days I feel like I'm barely, you know, making an impact and I just didn't um, have that lit up feeling. And like, so most days I was going to myself, is this really all there is? And so now like for me, a lit up life is like, I just never ask myself that question. It's like not even on my radar. Like I know that I, this is more than what I could have imagined. And I am feeling fulfilled. And like, that's exactly what I want to give my clients is like that feeling of like not waking up every day and going, is this all there is with being like, oh my God, I'm super excited to like do whatever I'm going to do today. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's great. And do you feel like that happens when somebody really finds what their purpose and mission in life is and combines that? Is that, do you feel like that's where you stepped into? Cause that's kind of what I'm seeing for you kind of going through that transition of really finding your purpose. Totally. I think it's that combination, right. Of like, um, finding your purpose and then like letting yourself just be who you are. Right. Like mm-hmm. um, a lot of times when I was in that world, like I was conforming to like workplace politics and stuff that I didn't want to do. And like, that's why I quit because I was just like, I'm not doing that. That's like not in my code of ethics. And um, so that's part of it for me too, is like just being able to like stand in my values and my integrity and live how I want to live. Yeah, and helping your clients do the same thing. Exactly. You're figuring it out, and then you're showing others how to have that same lit-up life. I love Mm -hmm. it. Well, awesome. Well, I'd love to kind of transition, and one of the big pieces of what I believe a big heart business is is about giving back and making that impact that we've kind of already touched on. But I would love for you to kind of share with us, you know, what does the give back plan look like in your business? And I know that's a huge part of what you do, so I'd like to kind of dive into that kind of conversation now. Definitely. So for me, um, what I noticed and what I saw a lot in the nonprofit world is um, not empowering people like where they're at or giving them um, really usable solutions for the change that they want to create. And so for me, when I look at giving back now, like I want the people in my business that are giving back to feel um, really empowered to like do it where they're at and be part of um, like a solution that they're part of, not where they just feel like they're throwing money, but that they're engaging in equal exchange, right? Mm -hmm. So um, a couple of the ways I do that is I run like book clubs or challenges or different things like that in my Facebook group. And then at the end of them, what I'll usually say is something like, if you found this valuable, if you feel like, you know, you got a lot out of this, here's a cause that I would love for you to exchange with. And so for them, like, that's that even energy exchange. It's not just, like, giving till you're blue in the face and not seeing a result. It's, like, I get something, I give something. And I think that exchange is, like, what I try to stand for. Um, And then I do that also. um, My friend Mallory Sills and I created um, a bracelet. Um, uh, She designed it, and I wrote the mantra for it, and it says, I am lit up. And 
when someone buys it, all the profits go to the Tory Burch Foundation and she supports women entrepreneurs. And But again, it's like that even energy exchange, like you get to give yourself something great and then you get to give. So for me, that's kind of like how I try to structure my giving. Um, mm-hmm. The last thing is like for all my clients, um, we don't need to keep up for each of them. But again, like Kiva is great because it's like even energy, like they want the women to pay back those loans. They want um it to be mutual. And I think that's what's been part of my giving plan. And that's how I always try to incorporate it. That's great. I love that. Those are some really great foundations. And I love the idea, too, of, of bringing your community into the giving back as well of, of, you know, not necessarily paying you, but being able to feel like they've had that, like you said, even exchange. Have totally. you seen that kind of work into your coaching practice as well and teaching your clients how to create that give back strategy in their business as well? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that there's a way where it almost seems like I'll give back when it feels comfortable to give 10% of my income or, you know, when I can write a $5,000 check or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so what I really try to work on with my community and my clients is like, it doesn't look like you um, going waiting or doing it at this big level, like you giving $20 to a cause or person or thing that you care about changes everything. Like a lot of my clients, do scholarship, at least one scholarship um, offer, you know, slot. I don't know what I'm saying. Slot, yeah, in their business. Um, Because that's their first way of giving back. Like, they don't maybe aren't making, like, like, you know, a million dollars right out of the gate, but, like, they can give their time as a way to start. And so I think um, it's just figuring out how do I give where I'm at instead of, like, waiting. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, you're exactly right. Some people say, I'll give when, but you're exactly right. We can give our time. We can give, you know, it's kind of that time, talent, and treasure. And so yeah. if you can't give the treasure, how can you give your time and your talent? So that's a great point. And I love the scholarship idea as well of really giving your services and, and you know, giving it kind of that exchange value because hopefully the ripple effect happens. And you're that's why I asked you that because it's like, if we are sharing our journey and we're sharing what we do in our business to make that impact, then hopefully others are going to see that and want to do the same. Like I love the idea yeah. about doing a challenge and then asking people to give to a charity. I've never thought about that. So I, I might be using that as a ripple effect. Do I, it. Love I love that love idea. That. Yeah. That's awesome. So when you think about everything that you're doing with your businesses, with the work that you do, with the charities that you give to, what is that big change that you want to see in the world? Mm. Um, so kind of like one of my like big dreams, which I know is not um, like intuitively, I can tell that it doesn't need to come to life now, but I know that it will is to own an animal rescue. Um, I am like diehard animal yes. <laughs> lover. And I really think like, so I wrote my master's thesis on um, rescue dogs as treatment for anxiety and depression. And so it has a bigger purpose. Like, I definitely want to rescue animals, but I think there's this way where, like, um, we can serve people to have a lit up life and, like, find ways to better themselves through the use of animals and animal therapy. So that is sort of, like, my big dream. Like, a lot of the charities I've chosen to give to are either for women entrepreneurs or they're for animals. Um, Mm -hmm. So that is where I see, like, if when if and when right no I should just say when because it's like when when when, (laughs) you know my business is in a place that can finance that like that will be the first thing I do that's awesome yeah I like that it has that bigger point yeah I mean gosh I don't know how you can't be happy when you're around a dog (laughs) I get so happy to see my dog all the time like I 
Uh, I, maybe you have to be an animal person, but I, I totally feel you on that. So <laughs> that's awesome. And do you have a name picked out for your animal rescue yet? I don't actually, but oh. I know that like I would love it to be something around like being lit up as well because I do think that animals bring that into our life. Mm, kind of keep with that with mm. your overall brand. Uh, yeah. That's good. That's good. Awesome. Um, and so just kind of finishing up this, the give back. So when somebody's thinking about kind of creating this give back plan, whether it's through money, through time, you know, whatever that may be, is there any advice that you would give to somebody when they're trying to think about which organization or cause or charity to partner with? Because that's a lot of what I hear, you know, people kind of struggling with is they don't know which cause. And that's why, you know, I think this show is so important because I'm, you know, bringing on entrepreneurs that, you know, obviously I believe in and I know, and you've picked some great charities, which obviously people can look into those. But what would, again, what advice would you give to somebody in kind of picking that cause? Yeah, I think um, our audience wants to know what we stand for and what our values are and what we care about. And so, like, that's why I'm, like, not afraid to bring, like, the animal charity thing into my business because, like, maybe people will resonate with it better in my community. Maybe they won't. But, like, I feel like it's really important for them to know where I stand and what I'm about. Mm -hmm. I think that sometimes when we feel confused about giving, it's because we're like, what would everybody in my community love or how can I do it that way? And I would just say, like, your community wants to know what you love and what you stand for. Mm -hmm. And if you give yourself permission, like, they'll be attracted to that. Like, I'm sure the people – that donated from my book club aren't all the biggest dog fans in the world, but like they appreciated that I like stood for something. Right. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. Yeah. Not trying to figure out what everybody wants, but really going back to your values, you know, it all kind of comes back to that. That's great advice. I love that. So, all right, let's, um, let's jump into the lightning round. So um, number one, what is the best piece of advice you've ever received? Mm. Know thyself. (laughs) Mm, love it. Um, what is your favorite quote, mantra, or Bible verse? Oh, this is a tough one because I'm such a quote girl. Um, one of your favorites. We can go with okay. that. <laughs> I would say um, it, it would be the Rumi quote, which is what you seek is seeking you. Yeah, that's a great one. And what book would you recommend to our audience and why? Mm. I love this book, and it is super old, and I'm sure most people haven't heard of it, but it's called The Magic of Believing by Claude Bristol. I think it was written in, like, the 1940s, but I probably listened to that book at least three times a year. I just love it, and it just, like, gives me a new nugget every time I listen to it. <laughs> and what what would be, if somebody was looking to get uh, read that or listen to that, what would be the biggest takeaway from that book? you know, what you think about, you bring about in some ways, like not super law of attraction based, but just the idea of like how empowered we all are to create our reality and how when we get focused on a goal, like it shows up for us most of the time, which goes back with like what you seek is seeking you, right? Like there is like magnetic power and knowing what you want and deciding that you're going to get it. Yeah. Yeah. You've got definitely a theme with everything you've, you've said. That's good though. It's consistency, right? Yeah. <laughs> And then lastly, what is one thing you do every day that helps you stay in action towards your mission? Mm. I would say meditation, um, which is kind of funny, right, because it's not the most action-oriented thing. But for me, like, one of the um, things that I've been challenged by in entrepreneurship and not in life, I guess, that is, like, always an edge that I'm focused on is not trying to control all the things. And that's typically when I paralyze myself in action is when I'm trying to control everything. So meditation helps me ground and let go of some control. And that actually helps me be in like a lot more productive action. 
That's awesome. And do you mind sharing with our audience what your meditation practice looks like? Yeah, so I would say most of the time I do guided meditations. Like, I really love Deepak Chopra, and I listen to his a lot. But um, I kind of try to just listen to what I need. Like, sometimes my brain is spinning, which, you know, it does. uh, Guided meditations help. If I feel pretty grounded and solid, I'll just sit with myself. That's good. Yeah, again, kind of going back to trusting your you know, inner being and then knowing what you need. But that's mm-hmm. good because I think sometimes people hear about meditating and they're like, yeah, no, no way. So I love that you bring up guided because I agree with you. I can sometimes I can do it without and sometimes I, there's no way I can quiet my mind. Exactly. Like I need some like instruction here yeah. to like calm it down. Right. <laughs> Tell me how to meditate. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, Lacey, thank you so much. I really just want to take a moment to thank you and just thank you for everything that you're doing in the world. I love the way that you truly run your business in your way and your style. I mean, I've watched you, you know, do your scholarship program. I love that you shared the way you do challenges, the way you give back and, you know, really just your heart for the change that you want to see with, you know, having that bigger picture and just bringing all your gifts together. Um, you know, I think it's such a great marriage of your counseling plus the MBA plus your, just your heart for wanting to really serve and give back and how you really do have that consistency. I think that's something that, we can all learn from by watching you. So um, I just want to, again, thank you for sharing your time today with us because I know it's super valuable. And so I'd love for you just to share with our audience where they can best find you online. Yeah, thank you. That was so kind of you. Thank you. Um, so you guys can find me at alituplife.com, another um, place I'm all the time. I hang out in my Facebook group, The Lit Up and Loaded Entrepreneur. Those are the two best places to find me. Awesome. And we'll obviously make sure and and list everything that we've mentioned in the interview today in the show notes. So, again, thank you so much. And thank you to our audience for listening. And we will see you next time on the Big Heart Business Show. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Big Heart Business Show. If you know someone that could benefit from this information, I would so appreciate it if you shared the love. And make sure to subscribe to this channel and leave a review. One last thing, if you're ready to fuel your big heart business with a consistent flow of cash and clients, head on over to kerryshepherd.com forward slash free guest to access a very special video series I created just for you. And don't forget, we are changing the world one big heart business at a time.